Good morning and welcome to all of you and those joining us in the sanctuary and online. It's good to be able to study the Word of God all together. Today we continue with the Breakthrough Series, talking about how the Holy Spirit's power breaks into our lives to form us as disciples of Jesus through different methods. And one of the ways the Holy Spirit does that is to form in us an outwardly focused life. There's so much that God wants to do in us and through us and for the world that when our focus gets stuck on us, we can tend to miss the things that he wants us to see, even those things about our own paths. For example, when I was learning how to drive, my dad took me out to the farm fields, the farm roads over by Warren, Minnesota, where my grandmother lived. And it's very, very flat in Warren. It's the Red River Valley. And you can see literally for miles. The roads are about a mile crisscross all the way around. And you can see the traffic coming for miles. So he thought this was a great place for me to practice. But of course, I wasn't really uh, used to the dirt roads. They kind of shake the car a little bit, so I was very nervous. And I was clenching the steering wheel and looking about a foot over the car hood as I was driving. And very calmly, my dad eventually said, Angie, you're going to want to stop pretty soon. And I said, why? Why? Looking over the windshield. And he said, well, moose. <laughs> And I looked up and standing there about a quarter mile down the road in front of us was this huge mama moose and her baby. And you don't want to mess with that. So I stopped the car and we watched the mama moose and the baby slowly walk off the road and into the farm fields. That was an amazing moment. With your head down, when you're focused on your own path, you can make some progress, but you can also miss the awesome beauty and awe and majesty of the things that God puts right in front of you. And you can also end up running into some things that you probably shouldn't. <laughs> and in our story from Acts that we've been studying over the past few weeks, Peter is learning that kind of lesson. Peter has always been a very faithful Jew, and he's very grateful for the framework of the law to know when he's on the right path. But then with Jesus' death and resurrection, God has opened up a brand new opportunity to define who the people of God are. And Peter had always known the Hebrew people as God's chosen ones, chosen to bear witness to who God is for the world. But through Jesus Christ, God has made Jesus the way to bear witness who, to who he is in the world. And through Jesus, the way to gather all people to himself, to adopt all people into the family of God through faith in Jesus. And this was a big enough change that God had to get Peter's attention by this vision to get him to look up from the path that he'd always known, the ways that he was always used to serving God, to see the new trail that God was blazing through the death and resurrection of Jesus for all the world. And now, instead of passionately working for Jesus by doing all the things he already knew and had already decided to do, now suddenly Peter has to get on board with working with Jesus following the lead of where God was already working. And to do that, he couldn't just depend on what he already knew. For that, he had to listen, look, and lean in to what God was up to around him. That kind of outwardly focused life takes paying attention. It takes intentional, prayerful connection with where the Lord is leading so you don't miss the path. To listen for what God is telling you. To look for where God is already moving and to lean in to the opportunities that he puts in front of you. 
You see, when we usually talk about an outwardly focused life, what we're usually talking about is a life of doing good things for others. And doing things for others is a good thing. But not all good deed doing is actually part of this kind of outwardly focused life. Because the truth is, it's really very possible to sign up to do a bunch of good things in service for Jesus and never look up to see where Jesus is. To want to serve Jesus by doing a bunch of things, but completely missing Jesus himself and where he's moving. And it's also very possible to be so focused in on how Jesus' love is leading you that you end up doing things that are actually service to others without even realizing that what you're doing is serving them. And that's what we see in the people that Jesus is talking to in Matthew 25. There's a passage in Matthew 25 when Jesus talks about the Son of Man coming in glory and seated on the throne, and he speaks to a crowd in front of them, and he says to them, When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick or in prison, you visited me. And they are absolutely baffled. They said, what? Jesus, I never saw you. I only saw these people in front of me. And I tried to love them like you do. And I think what's so important to realize about that story when Jesus tells it is that the people in this story were not trying to do these things to be working for Jesus. That didn't even occur to them. They just did these things because the Holy Spirit was working on their hearts. And because the Holy Spirit was working on them, their hearts reacted to those circumstances like the heart of Jesus. They were just acting like people who knew they were on Jesus' team. And I imagine those things had happened just within the course of their everyday lives. The love of Jesus spilled into them and spilled out through them onto others. You see, the outwardly focused life is not about doing more stuff. It's not about adding things onto your calendar. It's about paying attention to the Holy Spirit of God in your life and living into the moments that God gives you and using the gifts that God has given you to be his people right where you are, right where he's planted you. But sometimes it takes a lot to move us from what we think God wants from us to start to see instead what God wants for us and living this kind of life with his leading. In his book of, on prayer called If You Will Ask, Oswald Chambers, who's also the author of My Utmost for His Highest, says, God does not expect us to work for him, but to work with him. And I thought that was really profound. That little word change makes all the difference in what service means to our life of discipleship, doesn't it? Because service isn't about doing jobs for God. It's not about a punch card or some kind of quota. Service is about joining in to put our feet where our faith is because we see Jesus moving in the world. When you think about it all through history, people have justified all kinds of actions with the statement, I'm doing this for God. But if we're going to choose how we work for God, we're probably going to choose something different than how God would choose to use us. That God calls us not just to work for him, but with him. And that makes the first requirement of living an outwardly focused life to be, fo to be focused first on what's important to God, what matters to his heart. When you study his word, when you come to know the character of Jesus through the scriptures and see his motivations for the world, then you start to see where are things in your own surroundings that are needed to help other people feel his love for them. 
So thinking about our story, why did Peter leave the nice Jewish Christian home where he was staying in order to stay with a pagan eating who knows what in Caesarea? Now that wasn't because it was something he decided he was going to do for Jesus. It was because he saw the Lord was already doing something. And so he knew he had to get in on it. And do you see what that's modeling for these new believers? It's saying there is only one Lord and he is in charge of this church. Now, Peter might be the rock on which Jesus is building the church, but that rock has got to roll with what the master is doing. And when I think about our call to serve too, to serve not just for Jesus, but to serve with Jesus, what comes to mind for me is the sport of curling. Has anyone ever heard of curling? You might have heard about it in the Winter Olympics. Growing up in Bemidji, I actually have a lot of family members who curl. And curling is a team sport. At the end of this lane of ice, there's a target on either end, and uh, the skip is the captain. The skip tells the teammate to throw the rock. That's that little uh, rock thing up there. And you kind of slide it down the ice, and it needs to be placed on the target on the other end. They want to get as many as possible in that little target. So when the skip tells the teammate where to position the rock, they throw the rock down the ice, and if this, the rock needs to be placed more to the right, the skip will call the other teammates into play, and they come out with these little broom things, and they sweep the ice in front of the rock, just a little in front and to the right. And that friction melts the ice. It makes it go faster and in the direction uh, that they've swept it. So it helps alter the course to place the rock. So working together, the skip, the thrower, and the sweepers get the rock into the house, into the target. So thinking about that, why did Peter join this former pagan table fellowship? It wasn't because he decided this would be a good way to serve Jesus. That would have never even have occurred to him that that would even be a service to Jesus. It was because the Holy Spirit had shown him the rock was already in play, and it was time for him to get sweeping. And at a moment like this, there wasn't any time for Peter to say, wait a minute, Lord, did you really mean for the rock to get thrown in that direction? Do you realize these are not your people, Jesus? No, the skip said sweep, so he starts weeping. And only after the fact does he see why, does he see the overall strategy and what it means. God, the skip, gave the vision to a man named Cornelius to throw out the rock, to go and send for Peter, and he does his part in obedience. God, the skip, then called out to Peter to start sweeping, and he jumps in and he does the part that he can play. He speaks the word of God's love through Jesus Christ to Cornelius. And then together they saw what that strategy created. This whole group of people in Cornelius' household are welcomed into the eternal house of God. And this was so unlike anything that the church had seen before that Peter actually got into trouble with the other Christians until he explained the situation. In Acts 11:15, he explains, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. And then I remembered what the Lord had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God saying, so then, even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. Repentance is turning away from what we think we know, those things that we tend to trust that come from our own power, and to trust instead to what Jesus has done for us. Trust him instead to lead, to call the plays that lead to a greater strategy of life. 
Because the truth is, for all of us alike, for Jew and Gentile, Jesus is the one who's the answer to our need for hope and healing and grace. And when we trust him to lead, we start to see our lives open up in many different directions than we may have ever considered before. Because God is always on the move, and he wants to use his people, the church, to be part of the healing of the world through his love. The outward-focused life that Jesus calls us to live through his Holy Spirit is not about doing more things. It's about letting him be the skip to show you where he's at work in your own surroundings and obey his call to jump in where you are, to listen, to look, and to lean in. Because the gifts that God gave you, he gave you for a reason, to be used for the blessing of the world when he calls them into action for the sake of the world. And it seems like so many times in our lives when we think about serving, we think this call to serve is just us deciding to do a good deed, that we choose the course, we throw the rock, we see where it lands, and then we say, that was for you, Jesus. (laughs) And there are lots of good intentions there. And I do believe that the desire to please God does please God, even if where we're spending our time is a little bit off the mark. But the life that he is calling us to is about something more than that. It's about learning to respond to his heart until, like the people in Matthew 25, our lives are lived in service to others, maybe in ways we don't even register as serving. But God can use our lives in mighty ways. So how do we start to change our focus to see where God might be at work and how he might want to work through us? Growing into the discipleship of an outwardly focused life starts by noticing what God is already doing in us and in the world around us. But sometimes it takes getting out of our comfort zones first to start to see him and where he's at work in the world. And through our different mission projects here at First Lutheran, there are things that we have a church, as a church have developed to help you to join with other people from church and serving to introduce you to different opportunities to put your feet where your faith is in some tangible ways to help you maybe discern how God wants to use your gifts in different areas. And through different, so the, different seasons of the year, we focus on serving through different four, our four H's here at First Lutheran. The first one is Haiti, where we partner intentionally with the mission of hope church, school, orphanage, clinic, and feeding program in Haiti, sponsoring kids and partnering with the village of Sous Matla in Haiti. And right now, as you've seen from the news, uh, they're recovering from Hurricane Matthew. There's lots of things that we can do as a, a church family to pray for them and support them. If you want to know more about what to do with Mission of Hope Haiti, Perry will be at the Orange Wall today if you want to stop in and ask him different ways that you can be part of our efforts to help Uh, in Haiti. And the next H is hood, neighborhood, that we look for ways of blessing our immediate neighborhood in White Bear Lake through initiatives like Fear for All and the Food Shelf mobile site and school tools and lots of other things like that. The the next H is home, partnering with Ramsey County's homeless services, housing homeless people in our building here in December and serving through the diaper drive and bedtime stories at the shelter. And then the last H is here, serving people who enter into our doors who want to worship and grow and learn in their faith. And we share our gifts with one another through ministering to each other for every age and stage of life. And last spring, we launched a partnership with New Tracks Busing Company to help get our members who no longer drive to worship on Sunday mornings. But we are in need of volunteer drivers to go through the training to help with that ministry. Maybe that's a way that Jesus is calling you to serve where he's moving. 
how might God want to bless others through you? Now, these are just some of the things we put energy into doing all together as a church community, but we also know that God has put passions and gifts in each one of you, each of your hearts to serve in unique ways. God is always doing a new thing, and he's always looking for those who are willing to jump in and help sweep until all the Corneliuses of the world find their home in Jesus' love. So serving might look very different for you and for me, and that's the beauty of how God's kingdom works to bless the world, that we jump in to work with Jesus in all different ways. Because the truth is, First Lutheran as a whole can't support every good work that needs to happen in our community. But the people who make up the congregation of First Lutheran might be at work in some way in all of them in different ways. Because Jesus has called you to employ your gifts to bless. That's a beautiful thing. So at this point, I'd like to show you a video of the story of some members of our own First Lutheran family in their journey and growing in service, both inside and outside the doors of our church. For me, it, it really happened quite quickly. Um, we started attending the church. We were not yet members, um, but I have a passion for children, and so I pretty much jumped in right away and started serving with um, Sunday school, I was an assistant teacher, and um, I worked with someone else, so I got to just help out with the second grade kiddos, and I loved that. Um, and when the year ended, I decided I really wanted to continue working with children, um, and so then I got, uh, I started working in the nursery, and I did that for a couple of years, and, um, and then that led us to kind of where we are now. We uh, took a class called You Can Make a Difference, and uh, during this class, we were able to kind of take some self-assessment of our personalities and our, and our gifts that God gives us. Uh, with that, you know, we both found out that uh, we like hospitality. We had, a, we had a talent for that and serving. Um, and so we decided to try it out and we did ushering at our previous church. And it was fun. It, it fit into us really well and it was easy for us to do and it fit in well and it was just hard to think of it as work. It was very natural. Yeah, yeah, it was very really yeah. natural. You know, I resisted serving, to be honest, for a while. I, I resisted because I didn't, honestly, I didn't feel like I had any gifts. I didn't feel like, you know, I wasn't like other people. I couldn't sew, you know, I didn't have the gift of cooking, so I thought, where would I fit in? Um, but after we took that assessment that Dennis was talking about, it really helped me hone in on you don't have to be like everyone else you know you can be your own individual and there is a place for you and so I gave ushering a try and there were times where you know I didn't want to get up on Sunday morning didn't want to go do it but every time when I got there I felt you know the Lord kind of speak to me in some way that you know you are needed here I just kind of heard his words saying you are needed here you may not know how but you're you know, you're needed in this role. And so, it, it again, it wasn't anything like super obvious. It was just subtle things that I felt like I was supposed to be there. And then I felt like we were supposed to be there. It was something we could do as a couple, um, as kind of a newly married couple. Um, and so that was kind of at the beginning how it was for me. I got challenged by my, by my really good friend Chuck, and he challenged me to that we moved in the Wiper Lake area, that I would have to join the Wiper Lake Lions Club. And so he's been a, mem 
he's been with Wiper Lake Lions since he was a little kid. It runs in his family and all that kind of stuff. And so I took him up on his challenge and joined the Lions and went in with both feet. And it's, it's excellent. You meet a lot of people with, with the like mind that you have. They're all giving people uh, kind, generous hearts and they like to have fun. And you know, I think that's the most important thing about volunteering is, is that you know, you're giving up your free time, so you wanna make sure you're having a good time doing it. It's a great opportunity to reach people outside of church. It's important to witness for, for God, uh, to show that uh, you can be community-oriented and also you know, be God-centered. Uh, there's a lot of people who have generous hearts that are out there looking for ways to share it, and they may or may not be Christians or, or or really strong believers or whatnot, but people want to give, and uh, people who give kind of congregate together and do similar things, and so it's need, need to meet people like that. The gifts you were given were given to you for a reason, and your calling to follow where Jesus leads might lead you to serving through First Lutheran Ministries, and it might mean growing in community connections through some other agency. It might mean starting an outreach right where you live. But if you're looking for a first step, a way to start stretching your focus to start serving in ways that you haven't yet, you do have a card in your bulletin today, and it lists a couple of different options of different kind of starting places of different ways you might think about using your gifts to serve. You please feel free to take this home and pray about it. And if you're ready, fill it out and put it in the offering plate or bring it to the front desk. Perry and Anna are at the orange wall to answer questions about different ways that you could start in growing in service and using your gifts and putting your feet where your faith is. But I want to remind you, Jesus is the one who has done the work of our salvation for us that he's the one who has gotten right what we have gotten wrong. He's the one who has won the victory over sin and death for us through his love and sacrifice, through his death and resurrection for us. So the work of your salvation has been completed by what Jesus has done. Jesus doesn't need you to work for him, but he loves you. And because he's called you to be part of his family, he invites you to work with him to be on his team, to be beside him as part of his family as you see the work that he is doing in the world, the miracles of heart and mind that draw people to new life in him. There's no greater joy than seeing and experiencing your own life as part of what God is doing to bless the world. So today I'd like to challenge you to offer your gifts to the Lord and see where it's gonna lead, to pray with me. Lord, where do you wanna use my gifts in your kingdom? So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the love that you've given us. Thank you for sending us the gift of Jesus to, be, to show us so clearly your heart in everything that uh, he has said and done and all the things, Jesus, that you continue to say and do in our hearts through your Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that by your Holy Spirit you would lead us this week to listen to what it is that you're saying to us and to look and to see where you're moving in us and in the world around us and then to dare to lean in and to use our gifts and to use our lives, Lord, to serve you by loving others in the places where you've planted us. Lord, we pray that you would work through your Holy Spirit in us to show us more and more of what it means to be your disciples in this world. Thank you, Lord, for who you are in our lives. Lord, help us to learn to recognize you as our skip and to jump in and to use our gifts, Lord, to help others find their home in you. 
For all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.